You're listening to Ask Dr. Gray Pre-Med Q&A. Ask Dr. Gray Pre-Med Q&A brought to you by Blueprint MCAT. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. I've heard that in my ear so many times. <laughs> it was very cool to see it like on Zoom. It's just me <laughs> saying it. <laughs> yeah. What can I help you with? Um, okay, well, I have some MD-PhD specific questions okay. and also just general timeline questions. Um, for a little bit of context, I'm a senior in college. I graduate in December, which okay. is like a little bit unique because I go to a co-op school. Um, so I'm definitely interested in MD-PhD because I've had both clinical and research experiences and I kind of can't imagine not doing both. Yeah. But um, I... I'm curious, like how focused, I guess, the research and clinical work both not need to be. I know there's not like a a need or one right way to do the application, Mm -hmm. but I've just gotten advice from like different places. And um, as I'm like wrapping up undergrad and I'm looking for um, like thinking about what I'm going to do during my gap years, I'm wondering if I should be staying in kind of like the same realm or trying something new. Um, and things like that. So I guess, does my clinical work like have to align with my research interests or how like bad would it look if it doesn't? I don't know. That's kind of where I want to start. Yeah. So, so it's a very easy answer. Uh, there, there's no requirements on, on any of this, right? So, uh, let, let me give, um, an example, right? If, if your research interest is diabetes, and your clinical experience is you're an ortho tech where you're taking off uh, casts all day long. Like, who cares? Those are great experiences. You're helping out. You're you're getting experiences with patients. It doesn't it doesn't matter that there's not an alignment there. Um, so yeah, doesn't matter. Okay, okay. Because I've been working at a psych hospital for a couple of years um, in Jamaica Plain, actually, which I think is where you said you might have previously yeah i don't work chatic but um (laughs) we've got some overlap with patients i guess um yeah and i just think i kind of need like a little break from from that world because it is it is what i want to go into but um the like community-based hospitals are definitely like tough after a while i guess and i want to try i like i want i just want to learn more skills like working in a medical hospital, I think, but I've heard from some people that then I'm going to seem like I'm switching my mind about psych. So guess what? Your job right now is not to prove that you want to be a psychiatrist. Your job right now is to prove that you want to be a doctor, that you just like being around patients and taking care of them. Okay. That's reassuring. Um, and then I guess in terms, my, my next like big question just has to do with timeline because I, I know that the MD-PhD application is just like, it's hefty. Like you have your why MD-PhD, like significant research experiences essay. Mm -hmm. And originally when I was like, when I decided to be pre-med, which wasn't until like my sophomore year of undergrad, I said to myself like, okay, I'm not going to worry about the MCAT until after I graduate. Cause I like work a bunch of jobs. Like I have a lot of financial, like things that I need to think about while I'm in undergrad. So I didn't want to do poorly on the MCAT by spreading myself too thin. Yep. But now that I'm looking at my original timeline, which was graduate, just study for the MCAT when I graduate. So that would be like spring of 2024. Mm-hmm. 
then start applying like after I get an MCAT score that I like, which then I'm not starting in theory, if all goes well the first time, then I wouldn't be starting until 2026. And now that I'm like, no, wait a minute, wait a minute. Why, why that? If you're going to, if you're, if you're going to take the MCAT March or April of 2024, you apply May and June of 2024. So yeah, like what, I guess that just like scares me, like doing it all at once. That's what 90% of people are doing. Yeah. And you'll be out of school. So you, you have that advantage. That's true. Yeah. No, I, I there there is zero reason. I, I forbid you. <laughs> I <laughs> forbid you from putting off applying just so there's no overlap between applications and MCAT. I can okay. fully get behind delaying the MCAT so that you're done with classes. But yeah. to delay applications so that there's no overlap there, I don't think you have to unless you, unless you tell me that there's just astronomical like other responsibilities that you have Mm -hmm. and then we have to have a further conversation of like well when you start medical school all of those other responsibilities are going to go away so how do we start getting rid of some now to help you get into medical school to begin with i think it a little bit like felt like that when i like joined when i kind of decided to become pre-med earlier in college i had a lot going on like external factors. And so that's just kind of like where my original plan came from is that, okay, you're going to need a lot of time. And now that I'm here, and especially because like, I've listened to so many of your videos, and also I have like friends going through the process right now, it actually like doesn't seem that scary. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't, I also don't want to rush it because I, it's so, it's such an expensive application process. I'm like really nervous to do it more, have to do it more than once. Yeah. I, I, I fully understand. And I don't think there's any reason to, to split them up into separate years. Okay. So you, you could take the MCAT in June, right? So let's let you, you said you graduate in December. Yeah. You could take the MCAT in June of 2024 Mm -hmm. between January and June, you're studying for the MCAT and you're working on applications at the same time, right? Studying for the MCAT 100% is not healthy for anyone. So you use application prep to kind of take breaks from the MCAT. And that period of time, right, whether it's May or June, over that period of time, you're taking healthy breaks from the MCAT. You're working on your application. You take healthy breaks from your application. You're doing the MCAT. You're taking breaks from both, doing other things. So there's plenty of time Again, without knowing all of the nuances of your day-to-day life and responsibilities, there's plenty of time to to make it happen. Okay. That makes sense. That's kind of been, that's like basically the main reason why I scheduled this as soon as I saw the email, like I applied to be on here is because I've gone back and forth so many times about my timeline and it's just, it's hard to gauge, I guess, but that, that sounds doable. And I listen to a lot of your podcast about people who study for the MCAT while working full time and like making it work, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Can make it work. I mean, it's, it's not a very fun few months, but you just make it work. Okay. Um, thank you. And then I guess my last kind of MD PhD specific question is, and I know that this might be a similar answer to the, the clinical, but, um, I know that when you're applying, to schools, you want to have an idea about like which, not just 
like what school would be a good fit, but also what mentors would be a good fit because it's like you're matching your research. Yeah. And I just like, I, I'd like to hear a bit more about that because I feel like I have so many interests. Like I've done a lot of research and I have like a couple specific areas that I'm interested in. I'm really interested in um, social behavior and I'm really interested in early life stress, but like labs are studying like such niche things. I guess, how do you recommend kind of, as I make like a school list, also making like a mentor list. I yeah. Guess. Honestly, I am not the expert at this. So, so any answer I give you, just caveat it with that. Um, but basically at the end of the day, what you're doing is exactly that, right? When you're applying to medical school, just medical school, you really don't have to think through a lot of that, like who's there and and what labs am I joining and who's going to be my mentor and what is their funding? Is their funding going to fall through? And like, is my my lab job going to be secure? Like we we just ran into that with my my friend Adrian, who I'm uh, obsessed with her uh, on, her on Instagram. Instagram. Like she went through that process. Her <laughs> her lab lost funding, and so she had to kind of restart, and and that was a very painful long process for her. But it's also one of those things where when you're applying to school, there's not a lot of that you can control, right? The funding may be great one year and then it's just poof, gone <laughs> the next year. And, and you can't control that. And maybe there were no signs of that. And, and if you go and ask like, hey, Dr. Smith, like I'm interested in joining your lab, show me your last three years of, of NIH funding reports and, and let, me make, let me read your grant writing to make sure that I'm comfortable with the funding. Like you just can't control that, right? So I think at the end of the day, very similar to applying to medical school is, is it's just a lot of gut feel, right? In, at least in terms of how I recommend applying to medical school, not like, does my MCAT and GPA match the school? It's, is there a lot of mission alignment here? So picking medical schools based on mission alignment first and foremost, and then yes, looking at those PhD programs and going, what are they researching here? And as you mentioned, right, if you're interested in psychiatry and you haven't done a lot of that kind of heavy bench research kind of stuff, and you're more interested in the, the psychosocial research of things, that's very different, right? That's not a very common PhD route as far as I'm as far as I know. Most PhD routes are you're you're in the lab pipetting and, and looking at biochemicals of some of these psychiatric uh, illnesses, right? So you have to figure out, like, first of all, is that something that you can do for your PhD? And that may be a very early filter for you of like what schools are doing a lot of psychosocial type research that I'm interested in that will allow me to graduate with an MD PhD or are they expecting me to be in the lab doing something and let me go find something that I can tolerate to get through my MD PhD. Yeah. I hope if I'm committing to school for that many years, it's something enjoyable, not just tolerable. Exactly. I would at home. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Um, I think my last like specific question is regarding the MD PhD application. And I know like I've listened to a lot of what you say about the personal statement. And I'm just curious if that should be, or like how, I'm curious if that's gonna look different for MD PhD. Like for me personally, I think it probably, like my why doctor kind of came around the same time as I discovered that MD PhD was a thing. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't know how to really separate the two 
but I know that there are the distinct essays and I yeah. don't want to overload my why, why be a physician with research in my personal statement. Yeah, so, no, yeah. I, I think that is the answer is, is you don't um, ideally, right? I think you have to be authentic to your story, but the MD PhD application still has your personal statement. To me, the philosophy is still the same. Why do you want to be a doctor period? And then for your MD PhD essay, it's specifically, why do you want to be an MD PhD? Why do you want to be a physician scientist? And so that essay goes with that question, right? And so there's still two distinct questions, um, two distinct essays. And I think the the personal, quote unquote, personal statement is still why medicine, not why MD PhD. And the MD PhD is just that that essay is just more of the same. Okay, like do have you seen people just like completely not mention it at all, like not mention research at all in their personal statement for the um, I, I don't know is the answer. I, I can't recall off the top of my head if I'm like, I can pick it apart of like see, seeing specific essays like that. Um, yeah. But again, I, I think there, there are lots of ways to, to do it. Um, I, I don't think you have to completely avoid talking the physician scientist stuff in your in your personal statement but i don't think it should be your personal statement okay that's helpful yeah um i think those are my main questions for right now awesome well hopefully that helps hopefully yeah, i saved definitely. you a year of your life by not separating out mcat and applications yeah i'm sure after i hang up on this call i'm gonna flip flop back and forth in my head a bunch of times i have like two hypothetical like calendars made up already and, yeah don't do yeah. it don't do okay. it. okay thank you you're welcome good luck thanks so much have a good rest of your day Thank you so much for joining me here on Ask Dr. Gray Pre-Med Q&A. Did you know that we record these live on Facebook at 3 p.m. Eastern on most weekdays? Search for Medical School HQ on Facebook and like the page to be notified. Don't forget to check out our amazing Facebook group, The Hangout, at medicalschoolhq.net slash group.